Uh, the president was uh, tweeting about uh, Antifa this weekend, saying he's going to designate it as a organization of terror. Uh, under what authority uh, can he designate domestic terrorist organizations? Because th there's no law that enables the president or any uh, agent of the government to do that as as opposed to foreign terrorist organizations which are designated by the Secretary of State. So the, as the President said, he has people looking at that and as you know, we've discussed here over the last two weeks, there's an increase in domestic terror. The Director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, made that clear on July 23rd in a sworn testimony to the Congress most of you didn't cover because it was the day before Mueller's not-so-impressive testimony. You were telling us what he was going to say instead of listening to Director Ray, but Director Ray has made clear that there is an increase in the number of arrests that the FBI is making with respect to domestic terror. That includes white supremacy. It also includes Antifa, probably includes anti-Semitism, all forms of hate, which does come in many different forms. So the president's looking at, I don't know how anybody can watch the tapes coming out of Portland and think that one's, any of our First Amendment rights to free speech somehow extends to physical violence. It simply does not. You cannot just pick and choose who you think is criminally reprehensible and worthy of punishment based on their politics, whether they have a red MAGA hat on or something else. No, but you also, you also can't uh, just make up uh, domestic terrorism. Well, the president's not making anything up. He's, he's responding to the increase in domestic terror, which includes white supremacy, which includes Antifa, which includes anti-Semitism. And, uh, and I'm, for one, very happy that the FBI is focused on both international terror and domestic terror. Anyone else? I think the president made clear yesterday he would like a humanitarian, peaceful resolution there. Uh, we're watching the protesters in Hong Kong, throngs of them. This is not a small group. And, uh, and he made that very clear yesterday, that he hopes that there is a, a peaceful resolution there as well. Does the U.S. still support pro-democracy protesters around the world if it's not going to support the protesters around the world? Well, the, the United States, of course, supports democracy around the world. And I just answered the question about Hong Kong and China. The president has tweeted and made remarks, at least very much made remarks, about the protesters in Hong Kong and is working on many different, uh, many different issues and many different situations with China right now, and that's among them. The question is, what is Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the President's uh, schedule to the G7? Which leaders is he going to meet? Yeah, that has not been finalized yet. I've seen some of that, but uh, you've seen the President of these G7s, G20s before, the multilateral summits. Uh, he'll be meeting with any number of world leaders uh, while he participates in the regular meetings, and that will be finalized this week. Hillary, any questions about fears about a recession? The president said yesterday that most economists say that there's not going to be a recession. Do you know specifically who he's talking to about that, where he's getting that from? Yes, I do. Okay. But I'd like to know where you're getting your information from, because it's nice to see the media finally cover the Trump economy. You seem to cover it only when you can use the Sesame Street word of the day, recession. And so you're using a tweet here or a report there or an economist's words here and there. Uh, the fact is the fundamentals of our economy are very strong, and you know it. They're, we have more people working in this country right now than ever before in the nation's history. We have more people coming off the sidelines going back to work. We have people who don't just have job availability, but now they have job security. In fact, they have job mobility. They can go and try to compete for one of the other 7 million plus jobs that are available apart from the one they may already have or the part-time one they may have or one that doesn't have sufficient benefits or is too far from home. 
for them so that they've got all these choices. It's called freedom and free market. Uh, contrast that to Medicare for all and Green New Deals and taxes for everyone else and free health care for illegal immigrants. Uh, that would tank our economy, and everybody knows that. So I see now post uh, Mueller bomb, not bombshell, post hunt for collusion that never happened, conspiracy indictments that will never come to pass. I see now that we're focused on the economy because you know that that is the president's strongest suit, that that uh, a majority of Americans approve of the way he's handling the economy in most legitimate polls. So the fundamentals are strong. I would also say that consumer confidence is very high. The optimism is there. Half a million plus manufacturing jobs since the president got elected. Six million plus new jobs since the president got elected. The unemployment rates are low. The growth rates are higher. The confidence levels are high. And that matters. Consumers are spending their money. And many of them are saving and many others don't have to to dip into their savings um, to meet basic household needs. So he didn't need the proverbial magic wand that his presidential predecessor claimed he would need. Um, He just needed the courage that others did not have to cut taxes across the board, including for job creators and businesses and employers, to uh, double the child care tax credit, to have an energy development program in this country that now lets us be a net exporter of natural gas and oil for the first time at these levels, and, and the deregulation agenda. You know, we hear from many property owners, small business owners, aspiring small business owners, that the deregulatory agenda, which is basically about 12 or 13 old regulations out for every new one in, and that new one in is important too, because regulation, if done properly, is very important to our nation, safety and well-being. Uh, the, the small business owners say the deregulation is just as important as the tax cuts. So the fundamentals remain strong. It's good to hear people covering the economy again after such a lengthy hiatus. Um, but again, you don't have a magic wand to say, and now we're in a recession. Last one. Well, the president, fortunately, a year and a half ago, had the courage to do what his predecessor did not, which is to sign into law the FixNICS. He did that in March of 2018. NICS is, of course, the acronym that stands for National Criminal Instant Check, you know, background check system thereabouts. Um, Essentially, there were many loopholes in that, and he fixed that. And that was bipartisan. It was part of the budget deal. And that, that should have, that would have prevented the murderer, uh, whose name I won't say, in Charleston, uh, in June of 2015 at the historically black church. That would have, that should have prevented Aurora, that should have prevented um, Sutherland Springs. In other words, people who should have failed their background checks if their prior felony convictions were in the system and if the data, if the systems were talking to each other properly. Um, The president also is looking at Uh, what we can do to take a look as a country at these fact patterns that are chilling to so many of us. You look at the Parkland, Florida shooter. He had aspired to be a school shooter and got his wish ultimately. But local authorities had visited his different homes dozens and dozens of times and nothing happened. He He wasn't removed. He apparently didn't get the help he needed and yet he got firearms and made good on his aspiration to become a school shooter. The fact pattern in Dayton, Ohio, where this person has a kill list and a rape list for boys and girls respectively in high school, but somehow the juvenile records will not transfer over when he goes and legally procures firearms. So when the president says we need to fix the mental health system, look at mental health, he's not saying everybody who is in treatment for mental health 
is, is a shooter. He's not saying every shooter has mental health issues. What he's saying is that we have specific incidences where that has been an issue and has been ignored. I am very grateful and overwhelmed, really, with, with joy and gratitude to uh, all of the first responders who worked arduously to stop those three would-be mass shooters just in this last week, it's been reported. Uh, because people are learning that when you see something say something after 9-11, it doesn't, doesn't just apply to packages, it applies to people. And the more people can stand up and say, you know what, this kid down the street is scaring everybody, he comes out with firearms or he seems a little off at school, or you can make anonymous tips, it can be investigated. And it can be investigated so that people who need help get it and they don't get firearms when they shouldn't have firearms. Uh, all, of this could, all of this could be stopped. There, there's a great Politico article from about three days ago. Really, all of you should read. It's basically entitled, you know, the real reason why President Obama never passed gun control or never took action on it. But it goes, it goes down chapter and verse of how he didn't really campaign on it in 20, is it 2008 or 2012. You had a lot of Democrats in the United States Senate, including some who are still serving on Capitol Hill when they're here, uh, who voted against the assault weapons ban in 2013. There was not a lot of uh, excitement and and robust effort on the part of the Democrats when they had a veto-proof Senate majority to pass gun control. So this was this president is at least trying to fix the problems that we see as deficits within the system. He gave a speech two weeks ago this morning that said he would look at red flags if they were if they were right. He would look at um, I think it's Toomey Coons that is a fix Nick's violation bill. So we're looking at many different avenues, but there will be no confiscation of, of firearms from Americans who, ha, who possess them legally under the Second Amendment and through the Heller decision by the United States Supreme Court, which President Obama also made joyful noises about. Go read the article. Uh, we will not confiscate legally owned firearms without due process. That's not going to happen, and that's where some of this is going with some of the folks on Capitol Hill.